0: This is part two of a series called Upon This Rock. I'll interrupt myself there to just flag that I'm about to give some examples of these things that I'm calling progressive ideas. Some examples in the 21st century, and some examples in the 0th century. You know, the, the, well, the 1st century. We didn't have a 0. They didn't have a 0 between BC and AD. And by the way, I do say BC and AD. Uh, So does some of the podcasts I listen to, especially the podcasts On Rome, I've noticed tend to like saying BC and AD, and um, I think that's appropriate um, uh, because BC and AD apply to Rome because that was their system. Um, And to say, you know, if you were doing a podcast on Roman history and you insisted on doing BCE and what is it BCE and CE, uh, I think. You're being a bit of a pain in the neck, <laughs> but that's just me, you know. Because uh, I, that BCE and CE business snuck up on me. I didn't see it coming, you know. Uh, just like um, in the schools, um, the way they, the way the kids uh, do subtraction of large numbers, you know, carry the one and all that sort of business, they do that differently these days too. And I didn't know, I didn't notice it coming because you know, yeah, I only noticed it. C- once I had children, and uh, you know, when I did subtraction when I was a child, I was taught you know, the old-fashioned way, and they do it differently now. You know, and you know when I, you know, and, and when I was young, we used to say B.C. and A.D., and then suddenly the world was saying something like B.C.E. and C.E., and I thought to myself, where'd that come from? I didn't. Nobody made an announcement to me that that was going to happen. Uh, And who decides these things, you know? Now, BCE and CE, I think might be, you know, I've never even investigated, but I think the reason they do that is um, because it's more inclusive. um, And, you know, maybe less Western and more friendly to all the nations, you know? So it's more uh, to do with China and, you know, everywhere else, you know? Um, But I don't like it, and um, not because. And I've mentioned this before in another podcast somewhere. I don't like it for other reasons. Um, I figure uh, you lose a little bit of color if you do things like that. You know, um, uh, you know, if if we all adopted the Muslim calendar, for example, you know. I would say, then we should say before Muhammad and after Muhammad, you know, because, or whatever, the Muslim calendar, I presume, runs off Muhammad, right. So, before Muhammad and after Muhammad, you know, and they might have BM BM and AM, you know, I'm not, I don't even know, but let's say they do have something like that. Then, you know, if, if you, if the whole world adopted the Muslim calendar, then BM and AM would, to my mind, um, just you know, be a little uh, nod of acknowledgement to the Muslims for providing us with the calendar you know that's, because we do that with lots of other things, you know like the Romans gave us all our months, you know January, February March, April, you know all that sort of stuff and we haven't switched those um, and I think um, if we, if we did go to month one, month two, month three month four, we'd lose a bit of colour, you know um, common month one, common month two, common month three, all that sort of thing, you lose a little bit of the flavor of history and where even these things came from, these particular ideas for dividing up the um, time, dividing up time, you know. So, i why, you know, it's not about Jesus, you know, because obviously, literally BC and AD, it's before Christ and after, you know, ding dong, <laughs> uh, what is that operate denominate or something you know what I mean um, whatever it is uh, it's not about Jesus, it's got nothing to do with Jesus it's got to do with the Romans created a calendar um, and um, and then the world adopted it so the world should acknowledge, you know it's just it's not even, I don't even, the Romans don't even exist anymore so what's the problem you know, that's the way I see it now that's the reason I still say B C and A D. Not for some stuffy religious reason. Nothing to do with religion. I'm not even religious, you know. Um Yeah, and uh my um the podcaster I'm listening to, who's also dealing with Matters Rome, because uh the one I'm listening to at the moment, and, and also previous uh podcasts I've listened to, I think Mike Duncan did B C and A D as well. Um Did he? I can't even remember now. It doesn't matter. The guy who's doing this one on the papacy uses B C and A D because it's appropriate. You know, you'd be kind of being political politically correct to a bizarre level if you were doing a podcast on the papacy, you know, where all the people involved in what you're talking about say B C and A D for a very specific reason. So, you know, because it is all about B C it's all about when Jesus came along and you you were determined to say CE and BCE and you sort of say you know what um that is such a that's so jarring that you even want to doing that you're distracting me you're distracting me by being so insistent on insisting on a common era approach when the whole subject matter is not about that it's about Jesus and all that sort of stuff you know so just say BC and AD and stop being a pain in the neck you know is the way I sort of yeah. And the same goes if you're having a podcast on Rome that's got nothing to do with Jesus. B.C. and A.D. are appropriate because you're talking about Rome and the Romans said B.C. and A.D., you know. I was listening to another person who um, was doing um, a podcast on Byzantium, you know, which is the Eastern Roman Empire. Now, um, the people of Byzantium all called themselves Romans, they're just Romans, you know, so it's Rome, it's still Rome, Byzantium, but it's only now, in retrospect, uh, that we call it Byzantium, you know, we've given, um, but if you were living, you know, well after Rome fell in 473, or whatever it was, I always, never quite sure when that was, um, but when, after Rome fell in the west, you know, we are from the west, you know, we are from the west, you, uh, we Australians, for example, not indigenous Australians, but we Australians who are Westerners, um, we stopped being Rome, you know, anyway. um, So, um, but in the East, Rome just continued on unchanged and it was still called Rome and they called themselves Romans. And everyone around them said, you know, if they wanted to go to battle with these people from Constantinople, they said, we're off to battle Rome. So it's just Rome you know and it's actually kind of nuts to call it byzantium in a way if you're trying to immerse in the cult, in the in the history you know if, if you're saying it in a fairly academic way i suppose you say byzantium um but you know if you wanted to do a podcast on byzantium and immerse the listener in what was happening you would say rome you wouldn't say byzantium because the, if you said byzantium but if you went back in time and went into Constantinople and started saying, "What's it like living in Byzantium?" Everyone would say, "What the hell are you talking about? We live in Rome. What is this Byzantium anyway?" That's that's some sort of ancient name for this where we live, Constantinople, isn't it? it so don't call us Byzantium. We're Rome. What you know, that sort of thing. Now the podcaster I'm listening to says BC and AD um, because. He just said, um, doing a podcast on the papacy and using C, E and B, C, E is just, dist- I think he said it's um, confusing, Yeah, um, and I think he's right on another level too, C, E and B, C, E sounds too, uh, sounds too similar, you have to stop and think, they're forcing you to stop and think, um, but B, C and A, D are very, they say it sounds more striking, A, D, I got interrupted there by a phone call. That often happens if you listen to my podcasts because I'm using my phone as I uh, drive along, not touching it, you know. Um, and, uh, and uh, you know, I'm using my phone. And if someone rings me, that chops it. That chops the audio. Um, so the audio got chopped just then. But you know what I was getting at, you know. And the podcaster I'm listening to at the moment on the paper seat is... Um, he just thinks it's confusing BC and BCE. All right, let's leave that. Now, back to what I was saying. I'm about to use some examples um, because I saw a similarity somehow between what we have now in the 21st century and what they had back in the 0th, so no, the first century, all right? So we have an um, establishment systems in, uh, you know, and this, uh, the me saying things that I've already said in these podcasts has, uh, it's repetitive, you know, but I don't necessarily think that's a bad idea, you know, I was, um, you know, you listen to professional podcasts and they only say one idea once, but the the act of repetition, saying the same thing over and over again, maybe four times, is not such a bad thing, it's kind of relaxing in a way, because you don't have to concentrate, Um if you're listening to it, well, you know, it's not about you, the listener. It's about a me, It's about me, the speaker. So I'm teaching myself by speaking. You know, I'm not seeking to teach you by um, a dint of you listening. you know? um, I, I do think I'm different than a lot of podcasters in that sense, that I'm not here for you. I'm not here for you. I'm not trying to please you. Look, I am trying. I am here for you, children. But if someone else has wandered into this podcast a stranger not you know this podcast is roughly basically about you know i'm talking to my children to you Scarlett, harley and uh, alex um it's not about but i sometimes i'm thinking oh someone else has wandered into this podcast and they're listening and you know they might be thinking i'm trying to you know um take something out of my head and put it into their head so, if you are one of those people that's wandered into this podcast i'm not seeking to educate you in any way or put something out of my head and into your head. you know absolutely no interest in doing that' not really any interest in you even listening to this podcast you know I'm not here for you uh but you know if you're enjoy if you're listening, good luck you know do a pod, you do a podcast too, and I'll listen to that you know then we've both done one how's that sound <laughs> all right now um So, um, what was I talking about? I completely forget. Uh, But, you know, I'm about to use some examples. Um, A couple from the 21st century here. Oh, yeah, where we have establishment ideas. And in the 21st century, you know, generally the establishment idea is um, something to do with the Western world. Which includes... Christianity, that's establishment, you know, in a, in, in a place like Australia, you know, um, kind of a secular Western world, but with a strong Judeo-Christian flavor, um, uh, ideology, you know, that sits behind the Enlightenment, actually, in a way, you know, um, so a kind of Renaissance slash Enlightenment slash Western culture is what we are in Australia, um, uh, you know, an Australian culture and I'm talking about the British side of Australian culture, um, goes back a long way, you know. They're a very rich culture and very powerful culture, you know, which has really infiltrated the entire world. Um, all right, um so I'll just pause there for a second. Uh probably. Yes I will. that was a random breath test and even if i'm hands-free it's not a great look having your phone um, you know obviously whirring away in your console um all right so that's that so a couple of a a couple of examples from the ancient world which seems pretty modern to me because i've been thinking about rome and listening to so much about rome it really seems uh, it doesn't seem a long time ago. Um, Rome in the time of Augustus Caesar and Jesus and all that sort of thing. Because I'm a Catholic anyway. I'm a, um, you know, I'm a Catholic as far as my uh, what family tradition goes or whatever. Um, and I go to church and all that sort of thing, but not because I'm religious. Um, and, you know, I completely deny. Yeah, you know, you're listening to this podcast, so you know my thoughts on Jesus. I'm not even sure he existed. You know, I couldn't care less, actually. Um, but then again, um, I, uh, you know, I'm I'm so comfortable with the idea of Jesus maybe existing and maybe not, and all that sort of thing that I'm quite happy to go to mass because I've got no, you know, I've got no baggage. I'm so I'm so relaxed about it, you know, I've got no problem. I go to do anything. I've been to Ramadan, you know, I've got no problem with this sort of, these sorts of things. I like exploring things, you know. Um, yeah, it's because it's uh, precisely because I'm I've got no um, emotional um, um, attachment that I can go to Mass, you know, if I had, if I had any feelings about it, I probably couldn't, you know, because I'd, 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 it'd be annoying to me, you know, some of the things that you're saying, you know, I believe in one, you know, holy Catholic and apostolic church, you know, um, you know, the, 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 whether I, you know, I don't believe in it, I believe it in, in, I believe in it, in its context, you know, but not universally, you know, I walk out of church and suddenly I don't believe in it, you know. Um, but it's got some value, you know. I can, I can suspend disbelief while I'm in church, you know. In the same way that when I'm doing maths, you know, when I'm doing, um, now I don't do much maths anymore, except I'm, well, I'm, I'm, I write software, but you don't get into much maths in that. Um, but back when I was doing maths and I was doing imaginary numbers, you know, I was happy to let I, uh, the square root of minus one exist for certain types of equation but square root of minus one doesn't exist. So what, you know? So what, you know? You, um. If I was a stickler and said, oh, I'm not going to mass because I can't prove that Jesus didn't exist, you know, that Jesus did exist. I, I'm not going to mass because it's all bull bull dust, you know what I mean? I'm not going to mass because it's all fairy tales, it's like Santa Claus, you know? I'm not doing that, you know? Then I'd be the sort of person who'd be in maths class and I'd say, I'm not, I'm not using imaginary numbers, you know? I equals the square root of minus one because square, square root of minus one doesn't make sense. I'm not doing it, you know. And that would make me a pretty stupid mathematician, you know, because I'd have an emotional sort of um, reaction to the square root of minus one, you know. But the square root of minus one, you know, imaginary numbers are just like God. They, they exist while you're using them because you let them exist. And then as soon as they're not useful to you, when you walk out of church, you know, you switch them off again. Just use them while they're interesting. Use them while they're useful. You know, if they give you, especially if they give you a, a, a kind of positive idea. You know, if thinking about Jesus gives you a bit of a positive idea um, or a positive feeling or whatever, use him. You know, and then dump him straight after, and you know, go with Muhammad for a while the next day. You know, um, explore Mohammed and Muhammad and Mohammed and get a few ideas off him too. You know, and be an atheist the next day. You know, because atheism's got some wonderful things too. I love the idea of the atheist soldier, you know, an atheist soldier who takes a bullet for his mate, you know, with no hope of um, a reward in heaven. You know, that's profound to me. I love atheism, you know. It's fantastic. All right. So that's what I'm getting at. But, you know, right now, look, get back, getting back to what I'm even talking about, um, uh, you've got, um, yeah, I'm going to pick two ideas from the 21st century that are floating about, uh, that stand out in relief against establishment ideas, you know, two ideas that are progressive ideas that stand out in relief. I like that uh, in relief, um, against a backdrop of establishment ideas. And back in ancient Rome, I've got, I'm going to come up with, um, a couple of ideas that stand out in relief, uh, Against a backdrop of the establishment ideas of that time in Judea, you know so in the modern era, the two i'm going to choose, which is and and these uh, two are the ones that jumped uh, you know jumped into my head unexpectedly you know that's the way I operate i'm doing these podcasts off the top of my head. if I was planning these podcasts out, I probably wouldn't use these two examples, um, but the two ideas and they're not the two ideas i've chosen are not sects you know or Cults or anything really, they're just ideologies, they're just ideas, you know, they're um, and um, or not even ideas, even they're just states of being, they're just realities, you know, in the minds of people who believe in them, you know. So, the two realities that I want to deal with are um, what's called the queer movement. You know, you say, oh, crikey, where'd that come from, you know? But that's the one that just jumped into my head, you know? I'm not going to make it jump out of my head and pick another one because that would be corrupt. If it jumped in my head, it jumped in my head. It might not even be the best one. But I, I, I thought the queer movement, you know? That, now, that's... Uh, you know, and that's the one I'm about to discuss as an ideology that's floating around in the 21st century against a an establishment backdrop that doesn't kind of include ideas of queer, you know, and the other one is, you know, uh, the lesbian ideology, all right, so both in the gender realm, right, two different things in the gender realm, two different ideologies in the gender realm, and I'm imagining um, two people who are lesbian, you know, so they're both biological women, and then I'm imagining a person from another group in the gender realm, uh, another person in the gender realm who is a queer right there's very they're different things right so um so we've got two groups of people well, you know on the left we've got a couple of lesbians now let's just say a lesbian right we've got one lesbian person over there on the left, and she's part of one ideology you know the ideology or the idea that um if she wants to fall in you know be with a bio another biological woman um that you know that is what she wants and it's a reality for her it's not even a choice it's a reality um and it's truth and it's fact and it's identity and it's just who she is and that's the end of it, you know what I mean? But over here on the right you've got a a a, a, a someone who's a biological male who's queer who Well, actually, even... I should have used a transvestite, I suppose. Is that that, it? Someone who's biologically a male, but sees himself as a woman. Right? Over on the right there. Now, they're the two types of people in the gender realm. So you've got a gender realm, you know. um, So a progressive... Two different progressive ideas in the overall category of gender. All right? So the, there's a category, a progressive uh, movement on at the moment, you know, uh, parent movement, movement around gender. But underneath that, you've got two different and um, competing gender ideas, uh, one of them being queers and one of them being lesbians, you know. Now, as it turns out, I'm going to discuss that those two are not in sync you know, because that lesbian woman is showing no interest in that male over there. That uh, The lesbian woman wants to be with a biological woman. Now, he's a biological man, but he, he is 100% in his mind a woman, you see. But she doesn't want to have anything to do with him because he's a biological man. Now, she is doing the wrong thing by him. That's what I'm going to get at with these, you know, this example. Now, you know, time again, I probably wouldn't choose those two examples because they're a little bit left field, all right? But, you know, all right, we have a progressive sort of movement around gender, and under that progressive movement, we have two different sub-movements. One about lesbians who want to be with biological women, and then on the other side, um, I think I should have used said transvestite or something, you know what I mean? But a... um a biological man who 100% thinks he's a woman, you know? and 100% is a woman in his mind, you know? That's his identity. It's reality, all right? So you've got these two different... But they're in conflict, you see? Because I'm going to imagine both these two people on a train in England in a sleeper carriage, and she doesn't want to be in a sleeper carriage with him. Now, he's going to be upset about that because he's going to say, I'm a woman... And he's going to be angry at the lesbian, you know, So, because he's going to say, you are discriminating, you are calling me not a woman. Now, you're not allowed to call that biological man not a woman, but that lesbian is calling him a woman because she only wants to be with biological women. So we've got a little conflict. Now, that doesn't mean that the whole gender movement is a mess. It just means that humans are complex, you know, it's not, it's never as simple as it seems. Now that's the 21st example I'm using, 21st century example I'm using, you know, two different people in this gender realm where, um, where it doesn't work, you know, and you know, the gender movement as a whole has to work that one out, you know, and I'm not here to give them suggestions, they can work that out themselves, good luck to them, you know, um, yeah, you know, I feel sorry for the magistrate, you know, when the uh queer the queer guy or the transvestite you know, the that biological male who's a woman, um, sues the lesbian for um rejecting his advances on the basis that he's a biological male. You know, how would you like to be the magistrate in, in that case, you know? Um and yet she's got rights too, you know. Um that's see how tricky it gets. Now, just because it's tricky doesn't mean the whole gender um, debate is stupid, it just means it's tricky, because we're humans and we're tricky. Alright, now, and the backdrop is, of course, the establishment backdrop is Christianity and, you know, Western secularism, alright? Now, back in Rome in the first century, um, it's <laughs> it's flipped on its head a little bit, isn't it? Because stuff like that gender stuff is much more acceptable, and that's, that's establishment, you know, you know, like... A lot of Romans lived, you know, when you were in... uh, Well, Greeks, Greeks um, especially, you could be, you know... They didn't... It was so normal to have um, what we would call these days LGBTI and all that sort of stuff and QI and all that sort of stuff and men being with men and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, It was so normal that there wasn't even terms for it like LGBT. They didn't need them because it was just natural and normal, right? So the the establishment stuff... All your dreams, your gender dreams, have come true, modern progressives, because what you call progressive in a modern world, progressive in a modern world, is establishment. Back in ancient Greece, especially, maybe less so in Rome, but even you know, even the Romans, you know, they didn't do it so openly as the Greeks. But gender stuff, as we call it these days, progressive gender stuff, is establishment. Is, is establishment um, in the Greco-Roman. The Empire back in um, ancient times um, um, um but Christianity is radical progressiveness you know so um that's interesting um so in the world i 'm about to take us into um the, the conservative backdrop is being jewish and in Judea and Judea and you know roman and Greek um Establishment ideas and the radical new kid on the block is Christianity, you know, which is a bit weird for us in the West now, isn't it? Because, you know, um, we call Christianity conservative now, which is odd, isn't it? Because that was the absolutely progressive, non conservative ideology, the fresh new kid on the block um, uh, back, back then. You know, Jesus and Paul and Peter, you know, they're all in their 20s, you know, or 30 or 31, 32, they're all young. Um, you know, all the apostles were twenties. You know, probably the oldest in the group would be thirty, thirty-one, thirty-two. Even Paul himself, I think, was what well, he was only thirty. You know, and he's the father figure. You know, and Jesus himself was only thirty. You know, his Jesus's um, character had wasn't even fully developed. You know, because males don't kick into their wisdom until they're about over thirty, and Jesus was only thirty. You know, so he wasn't actually quite ready. <laughs> You know, his, his wisdom brain wasn't even fully cooked. You know, so we're talking radical young, um, radical young progressives, you know, were people like Jesus and all that sort of stuff. All right. So in the modern world, um, anyway, so in summary, I look, I've repeated myself a hell of a lot now uh, because I was just driving along and whatever. Um, in the modern world, the, what I'm about to, and I'm going to refer to them as cults, but I don't mean it as cults. You know, uh, it's just that I was trying in cults, sects. You know, I, I mentioned those two people that I mentioned before. You know, I said, imagine they're two sects. You know, the lesbian um, person, both women, by the way, and the biological male who sees himself as a woman. Right, we've got two women there, and um, one's a biological female who's a lesbian, and one's a biological male who believes himself to be a woman. We've got two people there. Now, I said, imagine those two are two sects they're not sects are they they're just people who are whatever they are alright so um, now you, you I, I, I am aware that I said you know, and in my head I was thinking imagine those two movements or those two people you know the lesbian movement and um, and the queer movement as I called it but I probably should have called it transvestite but imagine they're two movements under the broader movement called gender you know so I've got two movements there um, and I call them, you know, imagine those two movements, those two sects, those two cults. But just ignore the fact that I use the word sects and cults. Then obviously not sects and cults. They're just states of being, aren't they? Whether you're if you're a lesbian, that's just a state of being. That's who you are. And if you're a transvestite or a queer or whatever, that's a state of being. It's just who you are. They're not sects or cults. But I call them that in the forego- in the bit coming up. And I'm not going to scrub it i'll I'll just let it I'll let it ride, but you know I'm just using it as a metaphor really and and back in the ancient time, we had sects there, but even those guys you know like we had one cult that was around the um personage of Jesus, and there would have been other cult- all sorts of messiahs rolling around in Jerusalem, and you know to those guys, they were probably just states of being, this is who I am, I am Jesus and I believe in all these things, I am Jesus, and this is reality, you know. So maybe they're not so different to the lesbian and the queer, you know. Jesus wasn't so different, he's just saying, I am the son of God, you know. I am the son of God. Are you the son of God? It is you who say it, you know. But whatever. So maybe there is a parallel, you know. You might say, oh, how dare you compare um, um, the lesbian movement to Christianity, because the lesbian movement, these are just people being themselves, well, now, let's listen to the let's think about this, and I could be wrong. I haven't thought it through. Maybe Christians are saying they're just um that's just a reality and that's just that's just who they are, just in the same way, and they can't be denied you know you can't say that you know, just like you can't say a lesbian shouldn't be a lesbian, you can't say a Christian shouldn't be a Christian, it is just a state of absolute fact, reality, identity, truth, everything you know, so maybe it is similar all right, so we've we got that locked in. I'm going to discuss two ideologies in the 21st century and two ideologies in the um, ancient world. And the two ideologies, well, no, uh, maybe 50 ideologies in the ancient world, but they're all under the banner called um, progressive Jewish sects, you know, and one of which is the cult that would turn into Christianity, but there were 49 others, you know what I mean? Okay, so, you know, that was a lot, a lot of talk, but I just felt like I needed to do that much talk because, you know, the only reason I did that much talk is because I did happen to pick a very left-field progressive idea in the modern world being the whole, you know, this odd um, conflict that, um, that that just popped into my head between a woman who is a biological woman and a lesbian and a woman who is a biological male who is a transvestite or a queer or whatever he wants to be called, you know what I mean? So I was imagining a conflict there and then in the 21st century and then in the 1st century, 2,000 years ago, um, I'm imagining 50 different kind of reformist Jewish sects, 50 different, and one of them happens to be the one that is no more notable than all the others that's going to become Christianity, okay? That's all I'm saying, all right? On with the show. End of part two of a series called Upon This Rock.